0: Welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
1: I'm William.
0: And we are back to tingle your spines. Let me cool off your spines a little bit, because a lot of America is hot right now. We'll do our best to blow up and down your back, to produce a chill, to cool
1: you down. <laughs> That's a freak show. <laughs> that was <hot. laughs> real nightmare. I'm not going to blow up and down your spine. I'm going to leave you all alone.
0: Yeah, actually, why wouldn't I just say that the stories are going to chill you? Why do we have
1: to be so directly involved?
0: Yeah, why is it so physical? Like, like it's a perfect joke or yeah. whatever just be like oh our stories are spine tingling and chilling not uh, nothing. that i'm gonna blow on you uh, i'm sorry
1: uh, well it's too I'm late now i'm sorry oh well yeah let's move on
0: let's we've got All a right.
1: couple of segments to start here
0: we do okay so you guys may remember us talking about the woman amy from look at her brooch on instagram in between every word is an underscore um who was doing awesome embroidery based on things from the show And Amy got in contact with me and she sent us one of the embroidered pieces, which we have not unwrapped yet. I brought it over here like two weeks ago and we keep forgetting to get to it. To be fair, before that, I forgot to bring it over. But anyway. And
1: then last week, we were out in the world. Yes. So that's really what it was. Yes. But uh, yeah, we deliberately held off so that we could open it on the YouTube version of the show. Guide mm-hmm. to the Unknown is both a video and audio show. That's right. So you can watch us open up this embroidery on YouTube.com slash Talkbomb.
0: That's right. And if you aren't watching on YouTube, um, we've talked about it before, and the, the embroidery that she sent to us is the one that's based on something that we said in the episode about Banshees, which I think is episode two. So I will describe it to you as I unwrap it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's so cool. So it's
0: sweeter in person, and it's a picture of a banshee with like a noisemaker, like having a party. Because we talked about a banshee being excited that you're dying or that you're dead. And it says, Oh man, my banshee hates me with the banshee <laughs> saying, Woohoo. It's, it's the totally coolest awesome. thing. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much much it's It's rad awesome i'm so happy to hang it up behind us and have it be part of our weird little hour it's william's house the weird gallery that's behind us for sure and she also said it with a really cool note that says you guys rock may your banshee never celebrate love amy z and it has sweet stamps on it of edgar Allan poe (laughs) um the screaming man or just the scream by edward munch and um, her own little logo of, I think, herself with her Etsy shop name, Hypness and Outrage. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Thank you
1: so much, Amy. Amy. This, this is, is awesome. And yeah, everybody extremely should be following follow her cool. brooch on Instagram to see look at everything her that she does. Look, yeah, sorry. Look yeah. at her brooch.
0: And then the st- the shop on Etsy is Hypness and Outrage. Yeah. So yeah, just look at everything she does. She does a lot of cool, um, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, like faces. What well, I can't remember, what you call that portraits? Portraits. Yeah. Um, of people from like vintage movies and things like that. Her page is really, really awesome. And she has really cool stuff for sale on Etsy. So I am thrilled that this is in our possession now. And it has little three D details, like the eyes of the banshee are little sparkly beads. <laughs> it's cool. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's
0: so good. Thank you, Amy. Thank you,
1: Thank you so much. Ugh. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next up.
0: Next up. Chrissy has a mini monster madness for you this week. Whoa! Whoa! Get ready. And it's a monster madness that is small in stature, but big in lore. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the
1: opposite of mini monster madness. Hmm.
0: Well, it's a short <laughs> lore. It's All a right. short lore. It's, its reach is long, Fair I should enough. say. Okay. William, well, I just want to tell you about black cats and why. We're scared of them.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, why people think that they're bad luck and that they're associated with, like, supernatural evil and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. So, it can basically be traced back to um, the 16th century in Europe when people were looking out for witches and things like that. And they were accusing a lot of older women of being witches. And a lot of these women happened to have black cats as pets. So, they made the association... Between older women who are being accused of witchcraft and black cats. That's it? No, there's more. But okay. that's the first. <laughs> <All right. laughs> then, a little bit later, there was a man and his son traveling at night on a road. I believe this is in America. Not sure. But traveling at night on a road. And, um, and this is, I mean, this is terrible. But a black cat crossed their path and it freaked them out, it, like startled them because it was the middle of the night. So they started like stoning the cat, like uh, to get it away from them and okay. stuff. Like not not good. Yeah. And then the next day, while they're still traveling on their way, they happened to cross the home of a witch, an <laughs> accused witch, I <laughs> oh, should no. say, who had bruises. Oh wait, no, no, I messed it up a little bit. Hang on a second. The cat ran away and ran to the home of this woman who was accused to be a witch. Okay, so they then, like followed it. Uh I'm not sure. But- not Whatever. sure. Right. But anyway, the the main point of it was the cat went there or at least in the direction of the home, and in the morning or the next day, the father and son saw this woman who was an accused witch with bruises all over her body, and they assumed that she was that black cat that they stoned. Oh, wow. Right. Wow. So it grows. Yeah. And then from there during the Salem witch trials, it was a big thing having familiars and stuff like that, which I think was drawn from that story and the 16th century witch association. And because the Salem witch trials was such a huge deal and like a worldwide known thing, the story only grew. Yeah. And that's basically it. That's wow. That's why they are thought to be bad luck.
1: Well, where, where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: Right. And it's all about... Witches and evil women, essentially. Yeah.
1: That's isn't everything. Yeah. It is weird that it's like, yeah, we threw stones at a like two dummies threw stones at a cat Mm -hmm. and then they saw a lady with bruises and they were like, All right, so that's the She was the cat. Yeah. And it was just like that's a microcosm of three people involved. Yeah. Three people and a cat. And somehow that became the part of the basis for this, like this concept of black cats as being bad luck that everybody yes. has heard of before. You I know? decided
0: to grip on to. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, One I guess, night, you know, a
1: few hundred years ago,
0: <laughs> black cats are a little spooky looking. It probably wouldn't have stuck as well if it was like a squirrel.
1: Yeah, I guess that's probably true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I
0: think it's also because it's a little bit like, ooh, they're black as night. Feel Like, they're feline. They prowl. It's a little bit creepy. A lot of people are creeped out by cats because they sometimes just stare at you. Yeah. So I think that it kind of, like, it fits the profile of a scary thing Yeah. plus these events.
1: It's also interesting that the first time that we ever really see a witch in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. it's Professor McGonagall yeah. who's turning into a cat at that moment.
0: Yeah, right? a cat with glasses like markings. Yeah,
1: yeah, so not a black cat, but still, like, it's like... Yeah, I I guess I didn't really consider that that was part of the real witchy I didn't either
0: until you just said that. I've never thought about that before. Turning into cats. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's cool. Pretty interesting. Right on. But you know what? It's not all bad news for black cats, Will. (laughs) There are places in the world where black cats are honored, like (laughs) Scotland, Great Britain, Japan, and Russia. Oh, that's nice. I know. Wow. So that's it. That is mini Monster Madness for this week.
1: Bam. Yeah. Cats. (laughs)
0: This week's monster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Willie, why don't you take her away? I'm
1: going to go first. I
0: keep jabbering. You
1: You set yourself in the face of the microphone.
0: I don't know if that made a sound for people at home, (laughs) but I just bonked the microphone against my chin. Well done. Okay.
1: Um, Kristen, uh, this week I'm going to talk to you about something that I I forgot was a thing, Uh and then it just popped into my head. Okay. And uh, also it's been so damn hot, so I thought we might cool down by thinking about a nice uh frio topic, something Ooh, a little bit icy. Kristen, before I dig into it, what do you think you know about the cryogenically preserved body of <gasps> Walt Disney?
0: Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> Not much. Just that it's supposed to be that is. I mean, the legend is that it's like just his head. I thought cryogenically frozen. Okay. Like below either Disneyland or Disney World. I think <laughs> is the the legend. He
1: got a checkup from the neck up. Yeah, that's only, right. And they threw away everything else.
0: I think so. Isn't that the rumor? That's just his head.
1: I'm very interested in you having said that because that's always what I thought. Yeah. There is nothing in my research about it only being his head. Really? Nothing. Now it was really. I am
0: shocked by that. I was
1: shocked as well. This might be the kind of thing that, like, maybe it would be worth. Ah. Like, there was no way to find out all the pop culture places where Walt Disney's Frozen head. Yeah. Has, like, shown up. Like, I thought for sure I'd find some sort of an article being, like, here are all the various, like, uh, movies and games and whatever. Yeah. Where they reference the frozen head. I feel like it's
0: referenced all the time. I feel like it's the frozen head reference. This is a perfect example of the Mandela effect. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: Possibly. Yeah. Although maybe it's just also, like, my, like, failure in doing research. I don't know. But, like, I I started to wonder, is it, like, the Futurama thing? There's that show Futurama that takes place in, like, the 20... third century or something insane yeah. and uh a lot of modern day historical figures are preserved there as heads in jars i uh-huh. can talk so i was like maybe that i haven't watched futurama thing yeah yeah i don't know i also thought for sure for sure i thought that walt disney was one of the frozen people when they unthaw austin powers
0: Oh, my God. I, I didn't think that, but that's really funny. But it's
1: not. It's like it's like Steve Urkel, <laughs> Vanilla Ice, and Austin Powers. Something like that.
0: Did you come across anything about um, Michael Jackson in your research? No. Why? There was supposed to be a thing. I mean, not cryo- Well, no, I guess it would be cryogenically. There was a report in, like, the National Enquirer with what was supposed to be a real picture, like they'd gotten a scoop, that Michael Jackson sleeps in a cryogenic chamber to preserve his skin.
1: Yeah, I I have heard that before, but yeah, no, I considered using this as, like, a a spring... Uh, springboard. springboard for like looking up other stuff about cryogenics Yeah I really only have one other thing about the first person who was ever cryogenically frozen Yeah But no, I didn't look up like a hyperbaric chamber that Michael Jackson
0: Hyperbaric, yeah, maybe it's not I think that's different, maybe yeah. um, Cryogenics are very hot in the, well, so to speak Tristan, <laughs> um,
1: you make me laugh
0: In like the rich lady <laughs> wellness community Really? Yes, on the housewives Many, a housewife has gone to um, do like cryotherapy Really? Yeah, Mike and I have been talking about going to do that forever, like, basically purely because of that.
1: What is, like, freezing your face?
0: Freezing your body. Like, you go into this, like, giant, like, it almost looks like a fancy futuristic um, shower stall, basically. And, yeah, like, you go in, like, with a robe and then nothing underneath. And then you take the robe off and they can't see or whatever. And then they, like plummet the temperature and supposed to do i don't even know it's supposed to do something to your cells that's good or something
1: well i will say with this hot hot heat i've been taking many cold showers
0: yes as yeah. have i <laughs> oh
1: god yeah, all
0: right anyway so tell me about walto so
1: <laughs> Walto, where's walto yeah so uh, frozen. uh here's basically what the rumor is. And some yeah. of this is stuff I'd never heard before. Uh-huh. This is just to encapsulate what people might think of when they think of cryogenically yeah. frozen Walt Disney. This is Disney.
0: sweet. Okay.
1: So uh, the idea was that they froze Walt Disney's head in the future. I personally wrote that. I never mm-hmm. saw that anywhere.
0: This is crazy to me. Okay. Uh,
1: so that when in the future they might be able to cure the illness he had, they can uh, thaw him out. And bring him back to life and cure his illness. And mm-hmm. Walt will be back with us once again. Yeah. One of the rumors is that he is being stored like in a block of ice beneath the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland.
0: Uh, oh, my God.
1: Not No idea why that's the exact place. But See,
0: I only recently, and I don't even know where, heard the part of the rumor about his, well, I thought head, being below Disneyland or Disney World. I yeah. thought it was just cryogenically frozen or theoretically like somewhere. I, you know. That part of it being part of one of the theme parts is like brand new to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I for sure never knew anything about like the theme park thing. I, yeah. It was just like he's in a lab somewhere whatever yeah but no he's stored in disneyland under pirates of the caribbean specifically. in a block of
0: ice yeah i'd be worried about the water from pirates of the caribbean thawing that ice <laughs> that seems like the worst place to put him
1: well there is another rumor that uh there's a bust of of uh walt uh-huh. disney in the haunted mansion
0: oh that's sweet
1: yeah with all the ghosties and stuff but that's yeah. not true they finished the the haunted mansion ride after he died. Oh, okay. So it's not like it was like a big important thing at the time he was alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love the idea of that. I do too. Uh, there is, however, a rumor that Walt Disney was obsessed with his own death. Okay. And that he spent his like last remaining years mm-hmm. researching cryogenics. Uh, that's not true.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's just, yeah.
1: And there are people who say that he was once told by a fortune teller that he would die when he was 35 years old. And so that not was what like, gave him, like, you know, an absurdly obsessive...
0: Yeah, thoughts of death. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Uh, so here's some of the evidence that people use to suggest that there, even if he's not frozen, there's something suspicious going on with his death. <sighs> Walt Disney's death wasn't announced for hours after he died. People say that that was so that uh, quickly his people and the cryogenic yeah. lab people could whisk his body away to start the freezing process.
0: That's amazing. I mean... I couldn't you argue that this was I don't know what year it was, but news doesn't really come out that fast in the year like 1965 or something. I mean,
1: or that what the real answer to that uh, is a perfectly reasonable thing of like. They wanted to tell his family. Well,
0: that's what I mean. Like, it's it's not like there'd be like a mole who's going to go tell somebody. You could actually respect the death process back then because there wouldn't be like an orderly who goes to call TMZ. Right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: And like they like had to talk about the business aspect of what it means for the like the (laughs) boss of the company to be dead. before They wanted to.
0: Yeah, they probably wanted to get some Donald Ducks in a row before they announced it to the rest of the world. (laughs) Oh my God. That's all I can do. (laughs) <laughs> I it think my throat being like sore p- didn't help. I can't
1: I can literally okay. only do it's I good. if I try to talk. Ew, I
0: feel like you're gonna spit everywhere by accident in like one second. <laughs> What'd you just say?
1: Hey everybody, oh. that's my best Donald Duck.
0: It's good.
1: Thank you. <laughs> uh, they also didn't announce Walt Disney's funeral until it was long over, uh, mm. and they never lo- revealed the location of his burial officially. Yeah. Um. All of those are perfectly reasonable things. However, they're not reasons why they're like, oh my gosh, we can't say when the funeral is because there's no funeral because he's not being buried. Like that's what people. Uses as evidence, right? Like, you're not announcing when the funeral is because there's no funeral. That's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. He's frozen in a block of
0: ice. No, he was going with or his family and estate were just being private or going with the old Tom Green, and Drew Barrymore or the old Cardi B and Offset. Hold on. Okay, so Tom Green and Drew Barrymore announced on SNL that they had gotten married secretly. But guess what? It was a lie. They hadn't gotten married yet. They just did that to throw the press off the trail, which is genius. Cardi B and Offset, just recently, William, announced that they were engaged. They had already gotten married.
1: These pranksters. Tom uh, Green is still up to his old tricks, huh? That's right. Well, I mean, that was like 15 years ago. But... And, that's, and this is how Glenn Humplick has to find out? <laughs> On SNL. Sitting, sitting at home watching his friend. He's already married. And I wasn't invited.
0: I guess he's really moved on. What
1: of the laughing guy in the window? Oh, my God. <laughs> does anyone remember these uh, Tom Green films?
0: Yeah, was? he was the... Uh, what the hell do you call that? What does the boy do in the wedding?
1: The boy do? The you b- know,
0: ring bearer? Yeah.
1: I almost said pallbearer.
0: <laughs> well, it yeah. depends on the couple. True. All right, I'm sorry.
1: So here's what really, really actually happened. And okay. this is actually... Some of this is a little nutty. Yeah. Because uh, it made me think of you and me uh-huh. and Sister Lynn. Very uh-huh. strange. Walt Disney... Smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. Makes you think you're humanly. You, no, no, no. Here's <laughs> here's why. He initially went into the hospital. He found out that it was a, a tumor. Okay. He went into the hospital on November 6th. That is my Weird. birthday. Weird. That's Willie's birthday. My birthday. And he was going to have surgery. Uh-huh. Then he was later released so that he could get his affairs in order. Because it was basically clear at that yeah. point, like... There's a there's a countdown now. Uh-huh. Walt Disney is going to die. So he was getting his affairs in order with the business. Yeah. He was meeting with his family, and then he was finally too weak. He had to be readmitted to the hospital. He was readmitted on November thirtieth.
0: Yeah, which that's is your Lin-
1: birthday. Yeah,
0: Linny and my birthday. We have the same birthday. Which
1: I just thought was like very.
0: That is weird. You no. Know,
1: yeah. Odd. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and then he eventually. I guess we killed Walt
0: Disney somehow. I guess
1: so and then he eventually died on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty six. Yeah. 1966. yeah. Two days later, he was cremated, which is the opposite of freezing. Yeah, that's the exact <laughs> opposite. exact opposite right. of being cryogenically frozen.
0: Right, so I think that takes
1: care of that. And not only was he not obsessed with cryogenics, yeah. he probably didn't know about it. Oh. It was right around this period of time, the early 60s, yeah. that uh, the concept of cryogenics was becoming popular, mm-hmm. uh, but it really had not taken yeah. off at all yeah um later on walt disney's daughter would go on to say like i'm like <laughs> you all need to stop first yeah. of all second of all like i'm pretty sure my father had never heard of cry yeah whatever.
0: i can see that just getting annoying you know what i mean like it probably doesn't like wound you that the public no. thinks that but for people to keep talking about it or asking her about it obviously for her to even have a quote you must have asked her about it must just be like oh my god enough like yeah. no
1: yeah uh so here's some of the reasons why People developed this theory in the first place. Yes, right. Yes,
0: interested. Interested in that.
1: Walt Disney, as a person, was viewed as like being on the forefront of technology. Mm-hmm. He was a very inventive person. He was obviously very rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was responsible for doing those things like the Home of Tomorrow at Disney, where they show you what the future could look like—the future household. Yeah. Um, Epcot. And bringing together, like, cultures of the, the world and everything. Yeah, well, I was also, about
0: to say, he's noted big at Walt Disney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: heavily rumored to be an anti-Semite.
0: Yes. Though,
1: in my research, I also saw people claiming that there's no direct evidence of it, but mm-hmm. I also don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, I literally don't know. Same. Don't uh, know. So, this is, this is a, a, a quote that I read online. Uh, when you consider that the first cryonic suspension took place just a month after Disney's death, it was a Dr. James Bedford. Uh, it's not so far fetched to imagine that Disney might have made similar arrangements.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was like a rich guy who could have pull. Yeah, like the richest. And it's, it was a yeah. very
1: specific time. Like, yeah, that you know, it's easy now to just be like, "Oh, rumor about a crazy famous rich guy." Yeah, uh, having a crazy, you know, circumstance happening beyond his death. But when you realize that like the first cryogenically person frozen was just a month after Disney died, right. it feels like that's a uh, uh, That's a
0: tight space. Yeah. It's yeah. more
1: of a melting pot of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Then. It, it starts to make a little bit of sense.
0: Yeah, there's some context.
1: And then you have a couple of jokesters really helping to uh, to spread the rumors. So there are two books that I'm about to, to read quotes from. The first is Mark Elliott's 1993 book, Walt Disney, Hollywood's Dark Prince. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he, this guy... Mark Elliott wrote a story that was basically digging into every horrible rumor possible about Walt Disney. Okay, you know, it was I guess seemingly trying to, you know, create some sort of yeah piece of media to gawk at about how this guy that you feel yeah, like right, right. the author of your childhood was really
0: a horrible person, right. In disguise. So again, I mean, it could absolutely be true. I know very little about little about the whole thing about him being an anti semite. Could it conceivably, not definitely, be that could that rumor have started in this book, maybe? If this guy was trying to like kind of tear down like the golden boy,
1: um, it didn't did start. Did you find here. anything? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. did not start here, yeah. But uh, this definitely was not helping. Things. Okay, gotcha. There's a quote from the book Disney's growing preoccupation with his own mortality also led him to explore the science of cryogenics, the freezing of an aging or ill person until such time as the human body can be revived and restored to health. Disney often mused to Roy. I guess I forgot to write down who that is. So just imagine his friend Roy about the notion of perhaps having himself frozen, an idea which received indulgent <laughs> nods from his brother. Huh. I guess that's who Roy is. Yeah, I guess. Oh, to be Roy Disney. Roy
0: Disney. That's tough stuff.
1: <laughs> Forgotten to time. Toof stoof. And then there is uh, Robert Mosley's 1986 book, Disney's World. Where he said, the chief problem that troubled troubled Walt was the length of time it might take the doctors to perfect the process. How long would it be before the surgical experts could bring a treated cadaver back to working life? To be brutally practical, could it be guaranteed, in fact, that he could be brought back in time to rectify the mistakes his successors would almost certainly make at Epcot the moment he was dead? The idea was Walt Disney wanted to be frozen because he didn't trust anybody to do the work without him.
0: (laughs) Wait, 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 wait okay you know what I mean like
1: can you freeze me I I see okay until such a
0: time well wait bring bring me me back
1: before people can like make uh uh unfixable
0: oh okay so not bring me back in time like we're gonna go back that's what I'm saying that's why I got confused when I was listening and reading this bring me back in time for this okay no <laughs> got it. No, got it. Got, it, got
1: uh, it. He also says the surgeons had taken away his diseased lung to examine it, and then we're going to preserve it. Walt was pleased when he heard that. He knew enough about cryogenesis by now to be aware that it was important to hold on to all the organs. Just in case the surgeons needed to treat them before putting them back where they belong.
0: I would think so. If, if that's the case and the, that's the road we're going down, then, like, yeah, you're going to want those organs.
1: Except that doesn't work. You can't take somebody's <laughs> organ and, like, it's not being preserved yeah, in a just... way that it can be, like, <laughs> like have the tumor removed and healed up to perfect working order. and put. They're preserving it by putting it in, like formaldehyde <laughs>
0: right but if we're look if we're already going down this path where he's being frozen to be brought back to life yeah then that seems perfectly in keeping yeah
1: fair enough uh this guy mosley provided no source for his statements ah oh, very good <laughs> uh however it was rumored that like maybe there was some uh uh animators with a dark sense of humor uh-huh. that were talking to these people and uh that's very fun to me. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, yeah, I really, I really like that.
1: That could be. Um, according to Mental Floss, mm-hmm. the earliest known printed version of the rumor appeared in a magazine called uh, Itchy Paris. Okay, ICI Paris. I don't know how you pronounce ICI in French. Mm-hmm. If that's even a French magazine, I have no idea. Yeah, in 1969, but I could not find that mention at all. Okay, so here's the earliest actual reference that I've got. Yeah. There was a guy named Bob Nelson who was the president of the Cryonic Society of California who gave an interview to the Los Angeles Times. Um, Though he said he specifically said that Walt (laughs) uh, Walt Flanagan Walt Disney was not cryogenically frozen. He also said this: Walt Disney wanted to be frozen.
0: (laughs) And what Walt Disney wants, Walt Disney got. So.
1: He wasn't frozen, but he wanted to be frozen. He wished he were. Lots of people think he was, and that the body's in cold storage in his basement. The truth is, Walt missed out. He never specified it in writing, and when he died, the family didn't go for it. They had him cremated. I personally have seen his ashes.
0: I ate a little of them.
1: (laughs) They're in forest lawn. Two weeks later, we froze the first man. (laughs) <laughs> if Disney had been the first, it would have made headlines around the world and been a real shot in the arm for cryonics. But that's the way it goes. That's a very good
0: point. That's... I feel like it wouldn't be as much of a secret if it happened, because wouldn't the cryogenesis yeah. want to like shout from the rooftops that Walt Disney decided to do this? You're right. I read
1: that more as him being like, it's a shame I missed out on all that publicity. <laughs> that's how I read that. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, like, if you were frozen for real. Yeah. Everyone would know
0: that. Everybody would know.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) William, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. I don't think this guy's frozen. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that this guy is not a frozen. I'm pretty sure he got toasted. Yeah. Yeah. Frozen or toasted. Yeah. Uh, There was a rumor. This is the one thing that I just, it's a sort of more recent thing. I thought it was funny. Uh, The movie Frozen, like, uh, (sighs) do you want to build a snowman? Yeah.
0: I mean, Olaf's Big Day's prequel or something. Is there a sequel called, like, Olaf has fun or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Olaf has fun. I don't know. But people uh, say that they, Walt Disney, the company, yeah. they made the movie Frozen so that when people Google Walt Disney Frozen, now there won't be information about <laughs> about Walt <Okay. laughs> being stored cryogenically, which I kind of like. Walt Disney Frozen is now forever ungooglable. It's screwed up. Yeah. That's
0: really funny. Because we'll just get information saying- about Adele <laughs> That's one of my favorite pop cultural moments. (laughs) The wickedly talented Adele Dazim. He says it so, like, I've got this. Oh, it's so good.
1: And it was even worse when he tried to fix it. Oh, God. I
0: know. We're talking about John Travolta. We're still not over it. Touching Adina Menzel's face. Oh, God. He's such an odd person. (laughs) It's really horrific.
1: He did so much more damage by touching her face a bunch than he did by saying the wrong name. I
0: don't know how he can fix his public image. Even now, yeah. he is—he uh, is just a very no. strange. He—he he approaches Nicolas Cage levels of strange. Oh, he's
1: beyond it. At this point, I think in a different way, in a Nicolas different Cage was at least still entertaining to watch. John Travolta, you're just like, I feel bad when I look at him. I know. And now he's in he Gotti, was- which is one of the most famous bombs of the modern era. I know. And he's going to be starring as a little boy in Limp Biscuits' new movie. What? You don't know what this is? No. Fred Durst is directing a movie, and John Travolta is the main character, and his character has like the sides of his head shaved oh it's it's horrible oh
0: god john- i know fred durst d- directed another movie that i think i didn't see it but i feel like i remember hearing that it was like not bad
1: i mean i've i've heard that um that fred durst is a oh, good director dear. but i don't know about this
0: oh my guy so if you're listening it is john travolta with a very very short gray bowl cut that's shaved on the sides it's like a very short bang let's say going all around his head wearing a backpack a hawaiian shirt plaid shorts so what's the story here what's going on i have no idea it's a movie called moose everybody
1: just google john travolta fred durst movie okay and uh, eventually you'll see him yeah he's wearing a hawaiian shirt with palm trees on it and he's looking very sad <laughs> and his haircut is that um remember the uh, the vulture from looney tunes that goes like don't don't
0: not really. He's
1: got, got a, like a bowl cut. Um, he looks like somebody did this to him.
0: Yeah. And or he looks sad. He look, maybe he just got that haircut maybe. and he's sad because of it. It's
1: because someone did this to him. Fred Durst. <laughs> so, John Travolta, we salute you. <laughs> he
0: was great in American Crime Story. <laughs> Best playing... of
1: luck, little guy.
0: <laughs> chin up, buddy. He was awesome as Robert Shapiro in American Crime Story. Really? He was great. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. I, I think guess. you can do it, Travolta.
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, wake me up when there's a new look who's talking. Oh, my God. All right.
0: Me too. Me too. Yeah. All
1: right. Um, so anyway, uh, the only other thing that I really have to say about Walt Disney being frozen is yes. just that, like, let's suppose that he was. All right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> let's suppose that when he was, like, in his 60s. In 1966, yeah, they cryogenically froze Walt Disney, and we're still waiting. We're right, still waiting. There's just no way for scientists to figure this out. First of all, I can't keep ice cream sandwiches solid in my freezer. Oh, well, yeah. So. I'm just saying. Odds are, it's been it's been 50 years.
0: Wait, real quick. Are you serious though, or are you making a joke? What's wrong with your freezer? It's not holding up. I got I got creamsicles
1: in there, and they're turning into
0: goo. I thought it was just because it was hot outside the other day that that was a problem. I thought maybe somebody left the fr- the freezer door open. I don't
1: understand. The ice is solid, but the ice cream sandwich yeah, that ice start, cream uh,
0: sandwich was a mess. I needed a spoon. You could
1: drink them. <laughs> you could positively drink them. So if they're keeping right, Walt uh, yeah. as a nice solid block of ice, more power to you.
0: Look, I got a bunch of Carvel Little Rounders in the freezer right now or something that are perfectly solid. I so. need that
1: freezer. I'm to use your freezer. No problem. Um, but so let's say they finally figure out how to thaw out Walt Disney. He's going to be entering the year 2018 and he's going to have no ability. He's, to- gonna have a sh- he's <laughs> in for a shock. They're going to have to catch him up on a yeah. lot. He's, first of all, he's gonna be like
0: Although if he hey, actually Thomas,
1: How about we draw that little cartoon mouse and let him get up to some hijinks yeah. again? They're like, Oh buddy, we got computers now. You would not you would not believe
0: Yeah, but if it's true that he was an anti Semite, then he'd be like in his glory days coming back right now. So true? He,
1: was, he would ascend to power <laughs> once more. Great. Oh, God. The Dark Lord will yeah. rise again more powerful and terrible.
0: Um He'd be way out of his element. He'd be useless. Oh, he'd be completely useless. He'd have no idea. Yeah, he'd be with his little drawing tablet and pencil. Yeah. And no. then whoever's no. in charge of,
1: of Disney, the company now, is going to have to be like, what, i got to step aside
0: for this guy? He doesn't even know how to use a mouse. This dinosaur? Yeah. He doesn't know what Wait, there's some on. sort of Mickey Mouse and Mouse joke in there. He doesn't even know how to use a mouse. I know how to use a mouse all right. <laughs> his name is Mickey. And he made me millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> In my day, <laughs> this company was built
1: because I knew how to use a mouse. I will not stand for this. <laughs> like, somebody's going to explain it to him. <laughs> Get one of the interns. This series. is
0: called the Mouse House for a reason. What was that?
1: Yeah. I know how to use a mouse. You ever heard of him? He's on all your shirts. <sighs> He's
0: on all those checks
1: you've been cashing while I've been sleeping. <laughs> 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 Walt, you don't understand. Don't tell me what I don't understand! <laughs> God. Can Somebody freeze Walt again? Can we, can we refreeze him? <laughs> can somebody push him into the walk in? I <laughs> wish we
0: never learned how to heal, you Walt! <laughs> <laughs> totally I'll mad. never heal! Tell your story, Walt. You, sh- <laughs> you should have let me die! <laughs> 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 you should have killed me when you had the chance! <laughs> Rising, like Magneto, <laughs> he's, he's it's my more, favorite gift. He's more
1: powerful. Yeah. I've grown. I've only grown in power since yeah. we last met. Oh my. Oh god. god. Like a headache now. <sighs> um. Yeah, that's the story of Walt Disney. That's
0: <laughs> the whole thing. I love that. So he's. I haven't he's, thought about that in a while. Yeah, he's a dead man. Yeah, he's dead. All right. Yeah. <laughs> William, I have a story about another powerful man in entertainment. Really? Some might say the most powerful. Oh, no. I'm surprised you didn't know what I'm talking about. I guess you didn't catch the clue that I left for you in our text today. I planted a little seed that apparently you didn't let grow and bloom. (laughs) Why don't you (laughs) check that out? Uh, Refer back to the text I sent when I was talking about my topic for the night.
1: Okay. No, I didn't know what the hell you were talking about, so I ignored it. (laughs) That's basically what happened. You wrote, first of all, you wrote... You wrote, I have a mini monster tonight, and I said, cool, and you went, a very mini monster in stature.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just made the same joke. And then
1: you wrote, my main topic tonight is going to be real good. I can't wait to fill Ben all the details for you. I wrote, sweet." I didn't even know how to approach it. I didn't know
0: what you were talking about. Do you know now? No, Regis Philbin, William. No, I know who Regis Philbin is, but I
1: don't understand. It doesn't give me the I'll, information. I'll I need. make you understand. <laughs> oh. oh, does anyone know that reference? Does anyone get that? Oh, Oh my God. Does anyone out there... Do that again. (laughs) Say it again. We'll give everybody another chance. I'll make you understand. There's no way (laughs) anybody's going to know what that is. I know what that is.
0: Okay, William. I'm going to talk to you about the haunting of Regis Philbin. (laughs) I feel like lightning (laughs) should strike Okay, so this is another one from the Annals of Celebrity Ghost Stories. Okay. But then they did a follow-up on it, actually called The Haunting of Regis Philbin. Because (laughs) the way that it works is that there's celebrity ghost stories, which there will be, like, three or four celebrity ghost story segments per episode or whatever. And then a couple years later, they were like, huh, how can we squeeze more, what is it, water from this stone?
1: Yeah, something like that. Water from a stone? I don't know, it's just trying to squeeze more material out of it. I remember having a book about David and Goliath mm-hmm. when I was a kid, but it was Mickey Mouse and a giant, and it was something about like trying to squeeze water from a stone, Yeah. and Mickey's trick is this giant couldn't do it. He was yeah. squeezing, squeezing a stone. No moisture came from it yeah. whatsoever, Yeah. but Mickey was able to do it. He couldn't believe it, huh. and it turned out Mickey had been squeezing a, a, block, sponge? a block of cheese. Oh my god. Which grossed me out.
0: That's gross. Yeah. I don't like the idea of water coming from a block of cheese. Yeah, it was
1: very bizarre. Anyway. Ew. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, so they had celebrity ghost stories, and then a couple of years later, they would take select celebrity ghost stories either because it was a particularly particularly good story or the celebrity was willing to pay play ball. Yeah. We've talked about it on here before, I think. And had a show called The Haunting of Dot Dot Dot. And each episode, each hour episode was about just that one celebrity and just that one story. And the title would be The Haunting of Regis Philbin. The Haunting of Gina Gershon The Haunting of Valerie Harper Because on the one that I watched With Valerie Harper with mom They had her say her name Weirdly That's weird Yeah so it'd be like The Haunting of And she'd go Valerie Harper
1: Like she's leaving you a voicemail (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, good so okay so Regis's story that he told originally on celebrity ghost stories was that when he had his show in the 60s his first talk show which was called that Re- Regis Philbin show in 65 okay he want he was so thrilled to finally have a talk show and he wanted to do some kind of like different guests in different segments and things like that so he had this um ghost hunter named Hans Holzer on to talk about the book that the guy had just written and um he, he found him really interesting and then you know after the interview or whatever Regis Philbin was like you know there's a haunted house here in in California in San Diego um and the guy was he was like I mean and Regis was like oh you should check it out sometime and the guy Hans was like oh well the next time I am in town I definitely want to do that like why don't we go together and Regis just like sounds great <laughs> or whatever huh <laughs> So the house he was referring to is called the Whaley house and it's called by a lot of different places, including time magazine, the most haunted house in America. There are a bunch of most haunted houses in America. I hear Merle's plantation called out as the most haunted house in America a lot. I'll have to do that on another episode because you clearly don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Um, So, yeah. So it was this this giant house built on property that had been a bunch of different things It had been a courthouse. um, It had been all all kinds of stuff, basically, and is known for having all these events. So um, Regis said that after he left, they kept in touch via the telephone. And then Hans came back to San Diego about six or seven months later for business, and he and Regis planned to film a segment for the show going through the Whaley house. And Hans brought with him somebody, which is so sweet, a person named Sybil Leek, who was a self-proclaimed white witch, oh. which
1: I love. Is that like a good witch? Yeah, a okay. good witch, yeah. basically.
0: Just a, a witch who's not out, not out for evil. Um and so they went to the house, and they noticed, like, some weird things. Like, they had a tour guide there um, who was one of the people who was, like, from the historical society to tell them about things in the house and um, about the family. So it was um, Thomas and Anna Whaley were the parents. and They had a couple of kids. Um, and some of the sightings are mostly of Anna Whaley, um, of the kids and their little dog. And noticing the smell of cigar smoke because Thomas Whaley was very into smoking cigars. And um, so they, you know, went on with the segment or whatever. And Hans hypnotized Sybil, kind of like old school, it seemed like. you were getting very sleepy kind of thing to get her into a trance, which is awesome. And um, she said that she felt a woman's presence and that it was Anna Whaley. So it was just kind of like sweet and sort of confirmed what they were saying. I mean, you could also just say like... Well, this is obviously a big historical thing, but you could say about everything. Let's just go let's without skepticism sure. and say she felt she contacted Anna Whaley. Yeah. Yes. And that Anna didn't want to leave the property because her daughter had committed suicide in the home. And she felt kind of tied to the home and didn't want to leave that place because her daughter's was, presence was there or whatever. So. They put that segment out on the show, and there was like a big reaction. Like there, it was kind of like a big hit. This segment because it was kind of different for the time. It was it was still like 1965 or maybe 1966. Okay. So then Regis's friend from the Navy bill raskin who's a lieutenant colonel got in touch with regis and he was like this is some bs like i don't believe it like i don't know why you're like messing around with this kind of stuff like why don't we go to that house together like at night i guarantee nothing's gonna happen let's just like go check it out
1: i absolutely promise you that (laughs) nothing supernatural will occur at all
0: (laughs) and Regis was like great <laughs> so he called and asked the people if it was okay if they could be there alone at night. And the people, because Regis has now done a thing there filming already and got them a lot of great publicity, were like, Sure, like, you know, you're a trustworthy person. It was just me, Regis, and this guy. It wasn't for the show or anything. It was yeah. just him kind of like having a fun thing with his friend where he's like, All right, fine, we'll go. I'll show you. This place has like freaky stuff going on in it. So they went there and they got there at like 9 30 at night or something. And like, nothing is happening. And the colonel, who Regis says, like, a very like, Tough guy, Marine guy, like a real serious dude. Is like giving Regis crap, and he's like, "See, like, there's nothing here. This is a waste of time. You're doing this stuff on your show is like dumb and a waste of time. Like, you don't need it. Like, whatever." And Regis was like, "Well, just be patient. Let's just yeah. hang out a little bit longer and let's see." So Reg starts going around the house and turning off all the lights. Like so he told the guy he was going to, he's like, "Let's turn off all the lights. Let's make it like." perfect ghostly conditions yeah. and let's see what happens. So they trough the lights and they're sitting there and then, so there was a living room and then the doorway into the next room, which was kind of like an archway. It was like a rounded door basically. And they're sitting there and then they started to see this thing like materializing. He said it was like just like a white hazy shape, like vapor sort of thing. And this is what grabbed me and made me want to tell this story on the show. So, well, a couple things, did, but this is the first thing. The The military guy, his instinct is to drop to the ground and start army crawling <laughs> over it, over to it, to, like, tackle it or something like what? that. Yeah. So the guy is on the ground, like, creepy crawling over to this apparition. Oh, God. This like dead serious, like no nonsense military guy. And Regis is just like standing there like, oh man, oh man, this is so weird. Oh man. What am I supposed to do? Right. Yeah. So then the guy's getting closer to it and Regis panics and picks up the flashlight that he had and turned it on. And then the apparition vanishes. And the guy's like, why did you do that? Why would you turn on the light? Like, what the hell just happened here? And they're just like, oh my god, the guy is all freaked out, Bill Rafkin yeah. or whatever. And they look through that archway, and what is on the opposite wall? Like, if they look straight through the archway, is a photo of Ann Whaley right where the apparition? The apparition was almost like, like a, like a double of it. Like it was yeah, a copy yeah. of it. It was like right in front of it, and in the shape of the photo on the wall. Cool. So, like, okay, that's weird.
1: I mean, all right, just, uh, something jumped to mind. Okay. Does a ghost know they're dead? Because if not, if you try to tackle it, yeah. it doesn't understand that that's not going to work. Right. And what might it then do if it tries to defend itself? That's a very good
0: question. Right? Apparently some go- – because this actually came up, not the tackling part, but it came up on The Haunting of, which I'll talk about a little bit – Um she was talking about things like that. And she's like, some ghosts know they're dead, some don't. You know, some ghosts are kind of like tied to this world and some are they went to the light, so to speak. Like okay. they're they're okay or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know what would happen. You're right. You know? well, maybe because it's kind of like vaporous and doesn't have form, you could tackle and it would just scare the hell out of them. It well, maybe but, but I mean it depends on what kind of ghost. I like guess it was a poltergeist, they they probably wouldn't like that.
1: Better to coexist with it than make it feel like you're gonna try to hurt it somehow.
0: Totally, you know I think I mean? it was just this this military guy's bizarre instinct. He saw like a threat.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm more defending the fact that Regis would have oh, turned on flashlight. the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's a, so he really, really regrets that. Like he talked about it a number of times. He's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was doing. I just kind of panicked and I did it. Yeah. And like, just you know, maybe we could have seen something else or understood more about it because he said it was really just kind of like a shape. Of a woman. No distinct features or anything. (laughs) A shape, to the Coke bottle (laughs) thing. I know, I know. (laughs) But it was just like indistinct and like maybe something more conclusive could have happened if he didn't like blare the flashlight all of a sudden. Right, yeah. So this is a big regret that he's had. Maybe
1: Regis is responsible for our lack of understanding of the spiritual world. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) that was the closest anyone's ever come. And Regis Philbin
0: had to turn on a flashlight. We could have learned it all. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, all these many years later, even years after him talking about it for Celebrity Ghost Stories, the haunting of people contact him to do the show, and he was all about it. First of all, Regis seems like the nicest guy, P.S. Not that oh, I didn't yeah. think he was nice, but he just seemed, I really enjoyed my time with him. Yeah. Over the last couple of days, I've spent, what, an hour and a half with Regis? Really liked it. Really? Yeah. So, um, you know,
1: he robbed Norm MacDonald of a million dollars on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? What do you mean? You've never seen this? No, uh, I mean I don't know. Tell me, maybe Norm Macdonald, uh-huh. who like people think of as being kind of like a jackass, and they're absolutely wrong. He's a he, genius. He's amazing. He's he's a, an absolutely brilliant person. He was on Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, mm-hmm. and he was on the One Million Dollar Question, and he's he's <laughs>
0: Regis scooped him
1: kind of because you know Regis was the host, yeah, and Norm is is going through the options of the question. He's like. All right, I think it's. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with B. And Reed just goes like, "Are you sure, no?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's B." He goes, "No, I'm. I want you to really think long oh and hard no. about
0: this." Oh no! He got in his head.
1: He got in his. We head. We just got in that he head. He shone that
0: flashlight right into Norm McDonald's yes, psyche.
1: Norm McDonald's thinking, you know, this guy works on the show. No, no one else. None of the other celebrities have gotten close to a million dollars. This is for charity. Yeah. He wants me to not blow this. Yeah. So he's second guessing himself. <laughs> And he goes, should I go with A? <laughs> He's like, I'm not I can't tell you anything, Norm. He goes, all right, I guess I'll go with A. And he was wrong. And he oh, found no. out that Regis doesn't know anything. He doesn't know any of the questions. He doesn't know the answers. He doesn't know what's happening. He's just vamping. Yes. And so Norm had the right answer. He was right. And Regis Philbin got in his head. He was doing his job then. It's insane. And so a charity got denied half I a know, million that dollars. Sucks. <laughs> Mayor Regis donated it because he felt Crazy. bad. Crazy. I don't know. Seems like a nice man. I don't know. That's, that's one of the <laughs> that's only really things I know funny. about him. It's a great story.
0: <laughs> that's really funny. Um, No, he seems really nice. I mean, I'd only seen him on, you know, Regis and Kathy Lee a little bit here and there. And on yeah. he wants to be a millionaire. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I'm just saying. He seems like a very nice guy. Anyway, so they go. And it's with this um psychic medium named Kim Russo. Um, I really enjoy her. I've seen her on... A lot. I guess I've watched more of the Haunting Up than I can think of, or maybe she's been on something else. But... Uh, you've
1: been talking to me about the Haunting Up for years. Legitimately. You tried <laughs> to make me watch an episode once and it was somebody who I had no interest in. <laughs> you know, you know, not to insult the, the celebrities that are on that show, but you made me watch one that I was like, this is not <laughs> this is not good. <laughs>
0: I wonder who it was.
1: I enjoy it more hearing you condense these stories than <laughs> I do watching that show.
0: It's it's great. It's great. Um, so anyway, so Kim Russo, I looked her up just to, to, to add a little pepper to the story. Her website and her like tagline is the happy medium, which I enjoy. A
1: happy medium.
0: Like a happy medium. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not particularly bouncy. It's not like she's like this annoying, like, but I guess she's a happy woman. All right. Um, so anyway, so she's going through the house with him and just kind of giving her impressions basically. And like we said before, it's sweet ghost stuff, but the kind of ghost stuff you would think of. It was that she smelled cigar smoke, like Regis had you know, back in the day or whatever, yeah. you know, sense things, yada, yada, cool, fantastic. But then the thing that I really, really liked and that Regis was very touched by and seemed like, you know, it seemed like kind of like a hit kind of thing was that she was just talking to Regis about whatever, like, you know, like somebody came through for him basically. And she was like, um, however she got there, cause it's not the important part. It was Bill Rankin, the guy who he had brought to the place with him. And, um, he said like – she said like, oh, you um, you didn't get to like say goodbye to him in person or whatever and he just wants to say goodbye. Huh. And Regis was like, yeah, like whatever. And then she was like, I'm seeing somebody else with him, like with you guys. Like he's – like I'm hearing like a almost like a three amigos situation, like people who are close like in the military or whatever. Yeah. And um, he was like, "Yeah, we had this other friend we we, we pals around with all the time. He was he was our great friend or whatever." And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." And she's like, "Well, actually, I don't know. It's like somebody younger. Like he he's telling me that like he wants you to know this person is with him and they're okay." And and she's and she's you know listening or whatever. And she's like, "I'm seeing two pilots, like two pilots flying planes." And Regis is just kind of like, huh, "I don't I don't know." And she's like, "It's." She's saying those things again. She's like, it's definitely two people flying planes I'm seeing. And it's it's almost like a protege kind of relationship. And like it's going on a little bit, and Reed just kind of tries to let her off the hook. He's like, "Well, you know, I probably came across a lot of people like that when we were in the military, you know, whatever." And she's yeah. like, "She's like, no, no, it's not something like that. Like, they wouldn't, ju- he wouldn't just be showing me some random person you bumped into in the military. Like, he wants me to let you know that he's with this person and they're okay." And Regis is just like not getting it. And she's like, "And pilot? It's a pilot. Like anything, like flying a plane. I maybe- shot many pilots. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm in the business."
0: Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, he got what you're saying." She's like, "Um, it, it could it, any kind of pilot. I'm just seeing the like the cockpit, like even commercial flying, wherever." And he's like, "Oh my god!" And he and he's like, "So Bill Rankin, flew, Bill did fly planes in the military or whatever." My younger brother Frank met Bill when um, he was a kid. Like, you know, I guess he was like a few, like I guess Richard was like a few years older than Frank, and maybe he had gone to the military, and Frank was like 12. He said. And he said that when he met him and found out that Bill was a pilot, Frank was so interested in it. And Frank was like, or Bill was like, yeah, you can come with me sometime. And he took him in the plane, they flew together. And Frank ended up being a commercial airline pilot. Oh. And it just didn't occur to him because he was in the mindset of like, we're talking about my life in the military. I wasn't friends with two pilots or whatever, yeah, but yeah. he just wasn't thinking of it. And she was like, well, did he, has he passed her? And he's like, yeah, he passed like two years ago. And she's like, well, that's all making sense. Like it's somebody who's younger than you guys and he wants to let you know that they're together and they're, they're okay and whatever. Oh. And we just was very like, whoa about it. And so she moved on after that to like other stuff. She's like, okay. So, you know, she's like looking at the archway with the woman and everything. And he just went right back to it. So he's like, so can I ask you a question? Like, Frank and Bill, like just something or whatever. It was just so clear that it was such a now distinctive, was suddenly, that was yeah. all I could think about. Like once he heard that and once it yeah. all made sense, she was talking about the lady and he was being polite and being like, huh, huh. But just like wanted to go right back to it because it was like such, it resonated yeah, for it him like doorway so to the much. other
1: side to talk to his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. also like it all just made, it made complete sense once he realized that it could be like a pilot in general, not like when he was serving in the military or whatever. And it was just really sweet. It was nice. Like she, he clearly just like that really like got him understandably. It's like when they're wrapping up the show and who knows even, you know, the order that they shoot things in, but she's like, okay, so what were your, your takeaways from today or whatever? And Oh, wait, another thing, because it was one of his takeaways, was that she said, somewhere in the course of the whole show, um, but more toward the end when they're talking about Bill ranking coming through or whatever, that um, it's totally fine that just like, shown that flashlight, it's no big deal, it's whatever, because... The way she phrased it, she was like Anna wasn't materializing for you. Like it, it, wasn't. It wasn't for you. It was because Bill was like a non-believer, and like he needed to kind of see that to open his mind to different possibilities. And he saw it. And you shining the flashlight didn't change that. Like after that, his mind was always open to those yeah. things. So like you didn't ruin anything wow. by shining that flashlight. So that was one of his takeaways. Um, and then just general stuff about the house. He was like, you know, it's good to know I'm not crazy for smelling cigar smoke or whatever. But like mainly he was he just kept talking about like I just I'm so happy to hear that Frank and Bill are together and that they're fine and happy and just like, wow, that just like really makes me feel good and like blows my mind that's
1: really interesting that that's actually that's a very like sweet it was an
0: interesting turn to the episode because it was like kind of toward the end it had been like cool but like I said general ghosty stuff and then it was really like the main focus of the end of the episode because obviously once you hear that how can you like be like oh yeah okay so tell me about Anna Whaley right you know what I mean like you're talking about like one of his close friends and his brother yeah being together
1: yeah and in a weird way like ghost stories are usually Stories of, like, something that is, like, left on. Un- like, I mean, they say about ghosts that the an actual ghost has unfinished business. That's why they still haunt mm-hmm. the physical world. But, mm-hmm. like, usually ghosts are a metaphor for some sort of, like, event that is haunting you from your past. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, Regis was, like, not only, like, his brother who died. Yeah. But also the fact that he had, like, a big regret about encountering what he felt was truly a paranormal event and right. ruining it. Right. It's interesting that he got closure on two things that he was hung up on it
0: seems like reed received a lot of catharsis from kim russo yeah it was really nice that is nice that's
1: (laughs) that's unexpected that's i know
0: i know it was good huh so that's the story of regis philbin and the whaley house wow
1: wow yeah congratulations regis right pretty sweet right thank you for filling me ben on that story
0: This is my pleasure. I can't think of a a Regis thing to say. (laughs) What does Regis rhyme with? Weenus? What?
1: (laughs) That's egregious.
0: (laughs) Oh, very good. Um, Cool. Well, I think
1: that brings us to the end. That's it. Of another stunning episode of Guide to the Unknown.
0: I hope you're as happy as Regis when he got into his town car at the end of the episode. He walked outside. He looked up at the Whaley house. He's kind of smiling to himself. Not showy. was just just like, this was a nice day. He He probably had a moment where he's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. <laughs> that'll do pig yeah
1: that'll do that's a really sweet story i like that i know i did yeah. too yeah. Uh, i got
0: hooked into it because i read the the um description of it and it said something about like a psychic and a white witch went to a house with regis and i was like well i'm in yeah and then it took me on a journey that i didn't expect
1: i can't turn that down yeah <laughs> so this episode is yep. uh, walt disney's frozen head and regis Philbin. regis Philbin. That's perfect
0: um, I think we should call it Regis Filmon at the Whaley House because the Whaley House is a thing, so people can like find it if they are interested in learning about it. All
1: right, I'll see how long that is. Okay, maybe a lot we'll of times we end up bumping <laughs> against like character limits for our show names. Just put it in the description that it's fine. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you all so much. For checking out another episode of Guide to the Unknown. Uh, This episode uh, is always out on all podcast apps and on YouTube Mm -hmm. and on Spotify, on the new Google Podcast app. Subscribe to it everywhere that you can. Uh, Hit the thumbs up button on YouTube and subscribe to us there. Mm -hmm. Um, And please consider telling your friends about this show. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we would um, love that.
1: Yeah, it's a—it's always a good time for us. We hope that you're having fun too, and we, we could really use the help spreading the word.
0: Absolutely, there's a cool community of people who listen to and watch the show. Like we have a Facebook group where people talk and just post like cool links to spooky stuff. But then we have an open thread every Wednesday where we just talk about like anything that we like. Basically, um, when we film the show live, there are people in the chat talking to each other and stuff. It's really sweet. So yeah. Come come find us. Yeah, it's fun. Cash us outside. Come join the party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and thanks again. Yes, Amy, thank you so much. Thank you to Amy. At look at her brooch on Instagram with underscores between the words. Thank you so much for this, this is awesome embroidery. We are going to hang it in a spot of prominence because it really means a lot. So yeah. thank you. Yeah.
1: It's, it's sweet both in kindness and the fact that it rules. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can follow us on all social media. We're at GTTU pod. Mm-hmm. You can also look us up on Patreon yep. where you can consider donating to us monthly, whatever you're comfortable with. Yep. Um, and we're also online individually. If yep. you'd like to follow us.
0: Yep. I'm at At Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at haunted sponge. And also, please leave us iTunes reviews if you wouldn't mind and you just have a minute. We've gotten, it's been so nice. I I think like every week for the last few weeks, we've gotten at least a couple and I really, really appreciate it. So if you guys wouldn't mind keeping that going, that'd be really great for the show. So thank
1: you. Please do. And we're building up toward another episode where we can share stories from our listeners and viewers. Yes, yes. Uh, We've gotten some feedback that we never actually say on the show, how you can send (laughs) us stories. No,
0: we say on the show, it was nowhere to be found on our website. Oh, it's not on the website. Yes, but oh, now it okay. is. Now it well, is. Yeah, yeah, you can
1: always at, uh, email mm-hmm. gttupod at gmail.com to send us anything that you would like to share with us. Yes. And it might end up on a future episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We we'll want to compile some more like listener ghost stories so we can do an episode like we did last time. So we need a few more. So if you have some, just send them in. Doesn't matter how, matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter how short it is. Just send it on in.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you next week when we'll be back to get spooky. But until then... We must travel.
0: Back to the netherworld, go we, in our Lincoln Town Cars. I think that's what Regis was in. Good night.